question tonight? I'm wondering um, if there's a right way to petition Krishna when you find out that a good friend and devotee is dying quite, you know, pretty soon, and um, and that he's not going to have any devotee association around him circumstances and um, you know he hasn't been like a strictly following devotee but definitely as Krishna was it just you know loves Krishna and Bhagavan and reads Krishna book every day and you know I just <laughs> want to be I wish I could go be with them but I can't well, the bodies have affection for one another. It's one of the um, um, unique uh, qualities of bhakti. That uh, in bhakti, you can have friends in karma marg, um, or in the realm of karma. There is an appearance of friends, but because everybody is really competing, driven as they are by identification with the body-mind complex and its needs. So we're all taking from the environment and we make a pact with another person to, to take together. <laughs> and, um, and even invariably within that relationship we find... Can you turn it down a little bit? They, they find, uh, you know, differences and so forth. So there's there's an appearance of friendship or love, but it's it's very superficial. Um, and of course it doesn't endure because the very person, as it's thought, if you will, is something that's here today and gone tomorrow in terms of the body mind complex that we're identifying with. So there's only a a semblance of, of friendship and karma and jnana and yoga, which are then transcendental paths rather than pathways through the material world in pursuit of material improvement for the most part. Yoga and jnana are paths in pursuit of transcendence. But, of course, if you study them carefully, then they... Um, lead to solitude. They lead to solitude. They are contemplative paths, and so the contemplative life means to find um, meaning, value, and happiness within, rather than without. Sometimes we say go within or go without. Right? So, um, there aren't a lot of other people in there. <laughs> it's a, it's you know it's the pursuit of the self, the singular self, and in, in the self that's different from the body mind complex that everybody else is, uh, or many others are absorbed in. Now there may be other jnanis and other yogis um, that you could get together with, but but get together with to sit alone. <laughs> uh, so sitting, uh, contemplative life, is. Uh, is not um, 
conducive to friendship. And the contemplative life of the jnani uh, classically ends in merging into uh, the undifferentiated face of the absolute Brahman. There's nobody else. There's no. There's no other. Um, so, in yoga, on the other hand, there is an other. There is the. There is the Paramatma. But in in a highest ideal, even of yoga, uh, that might reach to uh, Shanta, Ras, or or. Um, I want to say, um, passive adoration of the Absolute. There is no interest in that uh, Shantaras, in the, in the Leelas and uh, the qualities of Krishna. Leelas and qualities n- imply parikar, associates. So it's only interested in, in the form, the beatific vision, passively adoring the beatific vision, if you will. So, no no friends there either. So in jnana and yoga and karma, there are no friends. But in bhakti, then, even in sadhana bhakti, we're very much encouraged from the very onset to find like-minded, affectionate association. Association that is snigda and sneha, like-minded and affectionate. Even in the context of sadhana, and as we see in the lives of great devotees, that friendship carries on into into bhav, into prem, such that uh, the loss of an associate um, amongst, for example, the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu were sometimes highlighted in the texts and how the devotees respond to that and so on and so forth, um, is very compelling. They're not told at that time, uh, don't lament, he's not the body, um, uh, because his or her body, the perfected devotees, sadhakade, or practitioner's body, has become spiritualized. It's only used in the service of uh, of Krishna and um, Again, he spiritualized a material uh, body, such as the power of bhakti. Hmm? So we know from Chaitanya Charitamrita the example, it's a little bit different but related, of, um, what's his name? Madhavendra Puri's disciple, um, Ramchandra Puri, when, when, when Madhavendra was feeling separation from from Krishna in the mood of Radha and expressing it in, indirectly in his spiritual lamentation, Ramachandra Puri told him, you shouldn't lament. Nasochati, nakankshati, samasarveshu bhuteshu, but madbhaktim lavate param. He didn't get the bhakti yet, his Ramachandra Puri. Um, so, uh, uh, it means that uh, in a kind of a very, very uh, entry level, then spiritual life is devoid of hankering and lamentation, which characterizes material life. We hanker for things and we lament that we don't get them, and sometimes we lament after we get them also because we still have to pay for them and they don't turn out to be what, what we thought they were going to be as they were advertised. 
not exactly as advertised. Um, so, just to give a crude example, so material life is characterized by hankering and lamenting, and spiritual life is characterized by the absence of these things in the basic sense. But if we build on the, the spiritual life and turn it into a spiritual life, actually, rather than just spiritual insight, as to the difference between spirit and matter, but the life of consciousness itself, then we find there is a transcendental hankering and a transcendental lamentation hmm, that um, are very uh, compelling and absorbing and so forth. So, um, so in so in, so in, so in, we find in bhakti that in the practitioner stage, there's much encouragement to find like-minded affectionate association. Gyan, by contrast, and yoga, by contrast, um, which are, again, transcendental paths, are um, are developed with a focus on renunciation, on giving, giving up things. Bhakti, by contrast, uh, is developed by by attaching oneself to things, but those things are devotees, deities, um, and things related to Krishna. Mm-hmm. Um, so, very opposite in this regard. So, so naturally, devotees have affection for one another. We have, they have affection, well-wishing for everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, in the case that you're referring to, apparently it's a person, a devotee, that's uh, dear to you over, over, your, over the years and so forth. And um, you can't be there personally and you want to know how to, how, how to express um, your feelings and appeal to Krishna to be merciful to him. And, and you're really asking for something less than what you already have. In other words, you're looking for a form hmm, for the substance. What's more important, the glass or the water, if you're thirsty? Hmm? The water is more important. I mean, you could drink it even without a glass, right? But just with your hands or, or something like that. So you, you <laughs> the feeling that you have that is important, you're asking, well, can I put it in a glass? Can I, how will Krishna accept it, you know? Uh, the raw, the raw feeling of that, uh, I think, is uh, is, um, uh, is what you need to have in place. Devotees are by nature uh, compassionate. Bhakti is the compassionate nature of Krishna. So, so we find that in your in your question and your and it, and your that's your answer really. Uh, you don't need a glass. <laughs> in this case, so with the feeling for another devotee. You have to endear yourself to Guru and Krishna, and then whoever you have affection for, they're going to be affectionate for that person. So thank you for bringing up your... I'm not much of a devotee, but you're very dear to me. So so by telling me that you have someone that's dear to you, then naturally my thoughts go to that person as well. Hmm. What's his name? I thought that's what it was. Yeah, okay. Yes? How much in the... Further on to Matthew's question, um, the moment of death is so important for a devotee to have a consummation. Um, and how much 
should we be interested in making sure that folks with disability who doesn't have that association with the private classroom has it? Should we drop everything and go and be with them to help them with that transition? Well, you know, it depends who you are and where you are, and but there's too many factors. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it it um, prevails over, you know, again, it depends on your relationship with that devotee. Um, and um, there may be more important things that you could do in his absence for him. Um, if you can nourish your own devotion, then, as I said, well, then whoever is also dear to you, the more you endear yourself to Krishna, the more that person becomes dear to Krishna as well. So I think you have to kind of um, uh, look beyond the, the form of it, so to speak, and the separations are only apparent anyway. We're talking about an atma who likes to read the Krishna book every day and Krishna, uh, think of Krishna and Balaram. I'm sure he thinks. Of you. I'm sure you've been in touch with him, and and so forth and so on. So, um, I don't think it's necessary, mandatory that you be there personally. As far as the moment of death or the time of death, it's the the point about uh, this being an important time in a sense is that it's a it's 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 very. Um, um, it's a powerful moment in itself. I mean, we're dying all the time, of course, but uh, and uh, we don't realize it, and uh, that's the power of Vishnu Maya. But there's a some point where it's it's undeniable, and so it it does tend to uh, afford one the opportunity for reflection in, in ways that uh, other uh, the balance of one's life does not, and as such, then much can be accomplished in a small uh, period of time with uh, with that kind of the, the focus that that uh, provides. So, yam yam vyapi sparam bhavam tadideyam tekalilaram tam tam bhavo bhavita. What one thinks at the time of death, of course, then it's then that's what what situation one will attain in the next life. And um, and of course, you know, how you live your life is going to determine how you, what you think about it at the time of death as well. So, um, that's all coming to help him, actually. Coming to help him. What else? Yes. Yeah, that's a statement from the Tantra. Um, Sanatana Goswami cites it in the uh, in his Hari Bhakti Vilas. One should hide one's mantra, one's guru, one's uh, deity, guru, or I forget how to. Can't remember it. But anyway, um, that's um, again a statement from the tantra. Um, I think that it 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 speaks about 
the um, the fact that these things, the guru, one's deity, one's um, mantra, are all um, for internal life and um, and it's hard to share one's internal life although we are encouraged to do that with the right uh, people the right association then there's some scope for that and that's very very useful but for the most part um, those that mandate if you will speaks about in relation to the public and so forth that um, the common person uh, this is an uncommon and radical spiritual uh, path obviously and to be a transcendentalist in the material world is not to be uh, uh, in the in the uh, in the majority hmm. so the majority of people have have no interest materna krishna paratasvatova they are uh, uh, so so you know in relation to them then um we uh, uh you, that's why you keep the mala in a bag you know that's part of it i mean that's also mandated there in the Mari Bhakti Vilas, there's some statements with regard to that. Um, it means like that. And this is these are this should be internal. This is your private life. It, it doesn't mean you can't share it with anybody, but not with anybody and everybody, because they won't appreciate it. Hmm? So there's a statement in the Bible: "Don't throw pearls before the swine." So it has some correspondence um, with that. And um, and there's also the idea that inner feelings that will come from properly cultivating um, service to Guru and the mantra and one's deity and so forth will come like a flame, and and you. Want to be careful not to blow it out, hmm? that it won't go out. You want it to be cult. So when you want a flame to grow, then you you culture it and you put your hands around it, um, and so forth, hmm? to protect it from the winds of the world and so forth. So um, again, it's 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 the statement emphasizing the internal nature of the. Uh, of the culture. Now, while there is a place for sharing it, um, and Namsan Kirtan is for the, the public and so forth, Namsan Kirtan is an external service that leads to internal um, life. And so it is said that inner life um, carelessly broadcasting that can, can cause it to dim, if you, if you will. Um, so it should be shared with similar like-minded people. Um, so, uh, 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 and it's it's more common these days uh, to go around and broadcast uh, my guru is so and so, my guru is so and so, which which to a, 
spiritually attuned person can sound like, I'm great, I'm great, my guru is great, my guru is the greatest, my guru is the greatest. And what I hear is, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. <laughs> because my, cause I've got the best guru, and you should have him too. You should have her too. And and, and so this is kind of the opposite of that. And, if, and we've seen in the international community that our tradition spans across that type of... Um, um, apparent glorification of the guru that has is, is counterproductive and really puts oneself in the foreground and uh, and uh, is a kind of a fanatical type of a, um, expression of guru guru seva. Hmm? Um, we should act in such a way that people wonder what we're about. Curious about that. Hmm. What are those beads? <laughs> and you have to think, well, how will I, where will I begin, and so forth. And and you give just tell a little bit, hmm. see if people have interest. And uh, when we were, when I was young, we, uh, I was living in Los Angeles with the Prophet's uh, temple there. And we were so absorbed in what we were doing that if a new person wanted to join, we had this van out in the parking lot. We said, stay in the van for three days and come to all the programs. And if you're really serious, we'll let you join. But we weren't like going out of our way to like make it real palatable for them or anything like that. We were just into what we were into. And it was uh, kind of contagious. So... I think this that statement is uh, to be understood um, like that, um, and the result will be the sharing and the and the extending of the uh, of the teaching when you are taking it uh, seriously and really involved in internal culture. You will become attractive in whatever else you do or have to do in life. People will want to know, and uh, this was the way of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to teach uh, by example, right? Mm. That help? Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Well, um, I think that the way you're thinking about it um, is uh, influenced by your own uh, circumstances and so forth, which are very different than uh, Bhaktivinoda's and those of most people who are initiated by a guru in our lineage or in any lineage in in, in India um, that didn't have 
internet, Facebook to associate with, or even modern convenience, modern means of conveyance to get around and so forth. And so I, 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 I don't think that uh, um, uh, Bhakti didn't have like a formal institution. He did start some programs in villages where people would begin chanting and so forth. But I mean, he, how often would he visit a village? Hmm? Um, probably not more than once. And then to another village. Um, and so I don't think that they had um, his association in abundance, if you will, um, personally. Um, meanwhile, of course, he wrote many books. And, you know, they had um, uh, some access to that. But at the same time, the entire community, the culture, the environment, you know, there were many Vaishnavas. And, and so you might go to a village where there were many nominal Vaishnavas and turn them into Vaishnavas of substance by giving them some mandagyan and so forth. So they had one another, they had the association. It's not like somebody's living in Anchorage Alaska and Swami, I'd like to be initiated by you. <laughs> I don't have any association up here, and, uh, and I haven't been able to convert any of the Eskimos. And so, you know, what, what should I do? Um, yeah, it's a very different kind of a situation. So, what I'm saying is, much was made up for hmm, by the environment that might otherwise seem like a shortcoming. Um, that they didn't get to associate him with him personally that much. And I think that was probably the case for many disciples with many gurus, many of whom gurus were Biraktis and, you know, Bhajananandis even. And and um, they're just doing their internal life and they come out of it to give you initiation and uh, go on with their, their life and they live differently than the common people and and the, the general Vaishnavas who who are householders and so forth, so they can't live at his ashram, you know. And he doesn't even have an ashram; lives under a tree or a rock or something, you know, uh, kind of a situation. Kutir, um, and they have their own they had their own culture. The sadhus, you know, the sadhus they live together, and then people got to associate with sadhus. So. But, you know, the lack of personal association interaction is somewhat made up for by, again, I say the favorable environment, um, the general acceptance, even of the, the, the broadest reach of the public, of basic um, points of the philosophy, reincarnation, karma, Krishna is God, and and vegetarian and all these types of things, you know, that was like, it's just like a, like a given. So everybody except the Muslims, perhaps, you know, would, would be embracing that. So um, the situation was very different. So the, the way you asked the question is, appears more in relation to... Yeah, yeah. Now that said, you know, um, um, I think that... Um, that uh, 
thinking of our situation as disciples of Prabhupada, if he had retired at a certain point, um, you know, I think he would have had other persons who uh, represented him, and you know, we would have. Most of the devotees didn't have association regularly uh, either, anyway. But they had association through his books and through those who were um, senior to them, and so forth. So, um, I, I don't think it's as um, as um, let's say as um, dramatic, you know, of a of a change that the uh, disciples of Bhakti we know somehow felt disenfranchised or and they had other you know, there are other sadhus. I mean if you read Jaiva Dharma for example, the environment that Bhakti Vinod Thakur is speaking about there's so many sadhus and they get along with one another and and, and, and so on. And um and it was common to have a Siksha guru as well as a Diksha guru and so forth. So <clears throat> I mean uh for that matter, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was asked to take up the work of Bhakti Vinod on the, on the world stage of, for Gaudiya Vaishnavism. He was doing it um, in his in his presence and starting a mission and so forth. So those who could kind of follow the thread, they certainly had a powerful person to associate with while Bhakti Vinod uh, closed himself off to the world. After saying, I tried to preach, but anyway, nobody wanted to listen, so he locked himself up for four years. <clears throat> what else? Yes? Well, you mentioned Jaiva Dharma, and I was thinking the other day, um, and some groups who take Jaiva Dharma, everything in it as absolute Siddhanta, um, but it's a novel, and it's pretty clear that he had a specific audience in mind. sections that you've demonstrated that are not what you've mentioned in there, the kind of teaching strategies that... Well, the book is quite uh, faithful to the Goswamis in um, many respects, and um, it seeks to represent the Sandarvas and Ujbal Nilmani, hmm. um, largely... And I think, to a large extent, it does in a novel form. I mean, I mean that in both ways. You know, it was a novel, and it was a novelty um, to make it available to the public in in the in the common language at the time. But there are just a couple of points in there um, that uh, constitute some type of a way that Bakhtiyar was thinking about an issue and and then framing it for broader. Outreach and uh, interaction with uh, the modern world. Um, just a couple. We, we've pretty much addressed those. There's also a little some theologizing in there. We expands and and um, interprets the Goswami's statements and implications of them, which is kind of an extension if you will, it's a good, good thing and uh, could be done in a different way as well. So, I mean, it's a pretty good book. Um, but the, the point about Anadi Karma and, and some, some, uh, some 
sense that you could draw forward about inherent bhakti, you know, those are the main points that we we uh, point out what the Siddhanta is and see that he's taking a little liberty with the way he's talking about those issues for reasons of his own, and they were successful at the time, you know, so. But the way he talked about it may have, uh, as I say, a shelf life and uh, and need to be uh, re- readdressed. Um, but, you know, it's quite a, quite a good book. Was this written in English or Bengali? Uh, yeah, I believe it was written in Bengali. He wrote the, another book called... Um, Shri Chaitanya Shikshamrita in English. I'm pretty sure he wrote that in English. So my question is, is it, if he wrote it in Bengali, and I know I have God brothers that I certainly know have misconceptions. Yeah. When someone translate, when a translator has a philosophical misconception. They translate it in there, yeah. <laughs> Often. Yeah. I'm just wondering, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You have to look at the original Bengali for uh, um, on some of those points and how he kind of danced around them. You know, um, yeah. I mean, because you can find even appears to be saying this, appears to be saying that over here, the other way here. For example, when he says in the Shakti Tattva chapter, he says there's there, there's one primary Shakti and it expresses itself in a variety of ways. So Sarup Shakti expresses itself as Tatasta Shakti, as as Maya Shakti, hmm? um, and he's basically saying that you know there's Krishna, the fountainhead of all divinity. There's Radha, the fountainhead of all Shakti. So. And she's, the, you know, the, the Sarup Shakti, fully, you know, personified, if you will. And so he says, in the Sarup Shakti, there's some bit Sandini, some bit Ladini. In the Jiva, there's Satchit and Ananda. The words mean the same, but there's a difference, and therefore they're used differently. So he says, there's there's partial eternality, um, uh, and I'll explain that. There's partial knowing. And there's a partial bliss in the jiva. What he means by partial eternality means that it's not a robust eternality like the um, paravyom, the, the realm of Vaikuntha and Goloka. There's a, there's an eternal. Hmm. Sitting there. Resting. Hmm. So if you want to say eternal life, well, that's one thing. Eternal sleep, that's kind of another. So he says, so if you look carefully, when he says there are the jivas is a partial manifestation, the jiva shakti, partial manifestation of the sarup shakti. Hmm. Um, he's not saying that there's that, that the jiva is constituted of, of sarup shakti. But he's a partial manifestation of these principles. Hmm? Some sandini means existence. Samvit means knowing. Ladini means bliss. And he and he clarifies by saying, in the jiva, unto itself can experience up to 
Brahmananda and Brahmagyan. So, knowledge of Brahman, the Ananda, whatever Ananda is there in, 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 in Brahman. Hmm. It has that capacity. Without the ingress of the Sarup Shakti and Bhakti proper that can afford the jiva the experience of the, of, of robust eternal life uh, extraordinary existence hmm, in the lila and the bliss of the lila the ident- the knowing of the lila and so forth so you know then then it, then, then he says in this and the maya shakti is a perverted manifestation of the sarup shakti so there's asat achit and nirananda so there's, there's no nothing's eternal none of its manifestations none of it none of them are cognizant hmm. and there's no there's no bliss there's no love in 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 objects hmm. in, in, in in dull matter um, but you know that's the opposite of Satchitananda, Sandini, Sambit, Ladini. Hmm. Um, and he, obviously he's not saying, in saying that, that that the Tattasta Shakti is partially constitutive of, of Sarup Shakti. Otherwise, it would mean that the material Maya Shakti is also, also partially constitutive of, 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 of that and could transform into a devotee and so forth. So, so then there's where he's you know very clear. There's no bhakti inherent in the, in, in the in the jiva. Hmm? Now in other places he seems maybe seems to speak about it in in a way that you could construe that he's saying that there is. So you know you have to look at it carefully and look at the language and so forth. And, hmm. and yeah, someone could have a misconception, and then then I've seen it many times. Uh, with a little knowledge of the language, translate, but translate the cons- their their understanding of you know what he's what he's saying, and that's problematic. Does that answer your question? Yeah. What else? Yes. heard within the community a, a few things like when we encounter an obstacle whether it's um, some type of suffering or a loss or an illness and um, there's different ways devotees explain how to look at that and deal with it for instance um, sometimes or there's this phenomenon that some devotees have noticed that around the time of taking diksha a lot of times there's some test that someone goes through and um, or that way. So there's there's that kind of phenomenon that's seen. And then there's an experience where um, sometimes we want to do a service, but we're not able to do the service. Either uh, something's holding us back, could be even ill health. And so some people will say. In recently, one person was ill, and somebody said. Why did you wait four months to go to the doctor, thinking that it was psychological or spiritual issue, as opposed to just a physical bodily malfunction? And then someone else tells the same person, 
Krishna is holding you back. You've got to look internally and see what it is that you're not facing or doing in order to be given the ability to actually do service. So what is this phenomenon of purification? And how much do we like dig into it and try to figure out the psychological and the subtle and what else could be going on as opposed to just... Not too much. <laughs> Not too much. Hmm. Be sick of the doctor. Hmm. And it's not like I, that person's done something wrong, they're not doing something right, mm -hmm. they've got something twisted in their consciousness that's trying to get clear, clarified, you know, purified, clarified, and Krishna's doing this to bring it out. No, it's not like that. <laughs> it may be in some instance, but for the most part, we have our service, we have hearing and chanting. It's, it's, it's purifying the heart, attracting us to Krishna. We're doing that, uh, and um, there's, there's no necessity to complicate it and get very mental about it. And you know, why did this happen? People ask me that. Somebody asked me, "Why is this happening?" I said, well, "What does it matter? Why? Why it's happening? What's the solution to it? What, you know, is more important." Of course, they think that's part of the solution, finding out why it's happening. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to change this and that. I know uh, it's it's is it karma or is it Krishna doing it? You know, and trying. Krishna's not like you know some kind of a Zen teacher, or you know, you gotta have a. <laughs> um, if you know what I, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, and I wouldn't look at it like that for, you know, uh, for the most part. In some cases, it may, it may be like, some cases it may be. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but um, mostly, yeah, I, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't recommend getting preoccupied with all that wasted material, uh, mental energy, and just do the things that you're supposed to do, and do them to the best of, of, of your ability, sincerely. Hmm? Yeah. And, um, you know, with regard to uh, physical or mental health, you should take care of it. It's a body that's being used in Krishna service, so there's, you can engage the doctor and give him some service to Krishna's <laughs> extended body. <laughs> yeah, right? Why not? So I, w I wouldn't get, you know, I've seen devotees get real mental about that kind of thing. And some, It'd be better just reading and chanting, spending their energy like that, right? <laughs> well, I guess the problem is when somebody needs something in our position, we sort of have, it actually becomes an obstacle to their ability to do anything. Mm -hmm. Well, I can talk with you then. <laughs> <laughs> You're a doctor, so there you go. You're a professional health um, mental health uh, counselor, so they can talk with you. That's what I'm recommending. So we're, we're in agreement. And you can charge them, too. <laughs> Most of them. Some of them. Okay, what's the time? 
All right. Well, I think we'll stop there tomorrow. We have a festival starting in the evening, right? Good. Some more devotees will be arriving throughout the day, I imagine. So those of you who are here early, you have to be part of the staff. <laughs> Help us put on the festival as much as you can. So look for an opportunity to lend a hand. Okay. Jai Sisi Gauradamadavaki Jai Gauri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki Jai Gaur Bhakti.